Next Chapter Podcasts. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to you. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend. The king of these for Angelo. Talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely I'm crazy The song is crazy. It's by Patsy Cline from her 2000 compilation album, The Ultimate Collection, and it's number 235 out of 500 on The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. I need some coffee, man. Because mm, I am sleepy. This music will chill you the fuck out, man. This really is the perfect background music to chores, to drive. If you can't put this on and drive around New York City, one of the most high-volume places in the world, and you still just keep your cool, like, this album will do it. This album for sure will do it. Try that. Go somewhere stressing you out. Put on this record. Send me a message. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the only podcast where I am going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums. I am a comedian. There's only so much that I know. So if you want more in-depth shit, this is the wrong place. I am on the road right now, uh, so I want to see you out there. This weekend, I am at the House of Comedy in New Westminster, which is basically Vancouver. Uh, then I will be in Los Angeles December 17th doing the jam. I'll be there in Los Angeles at the Comedy Store doing the shimmy shimmy on the 18th. Uh, I will be in Phoenix, Arizona at the House of Comedy December 28th uh, through New Year's. I will be at St. Petersburg, Florida January 12th and the 11th. Dubuque, Iowa January 19th and the 20th. Bakersfield, California the 26th and the 27th of January. Oh, and then February. It's a packed I'll be in Milwaukee at the Laughing Tap. Great club, February 2nd and the 3rd. Detroit, Michigan at the House of Comedy, 9th and the 10th. I will be at Las Vegas Comedy Cellar for a full week. I think it's the 13th through the 20th, I think. And then I'll be doing the jam on that Sunday. And and then, yeah, I'll be in Ontario. I'll be in Kitchener, Ontario on February 23rd in Toronto, February 24th, and then I'm taking six weeks off so I can have uh, throat surgery because my voice is, it's just in such bad shape, man. Even just doing this is like, it's like I woke up, I, I do my warm-ups, or I, I don't talk, or I drink water, and it's still, it's just like, the, the amount of <sighs> that Peter has to cut out, it's insane. Uh, come see me on tour uh, at Josh Adam Myers on all social media, joshadammyers.com for tickets. Uh, come be a part. Introduce yourself and uh, and show me that you're part of the Fleece Army. And show me how you're listening to the podcast. Uh, take a screenshot of how you are listening and post it on your Instagram stories. Tag me, tag the 500 podcast, maybe tag the guest. And uh, let's get the word out, man, because this is a beautiful thing that we're doing. 
And uh, thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. Uh, thank you for your support. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. $5 helps so much. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube. I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. Uh, Patsy Klein, uh, quite possibly the godmother of country music. I don't know if you can say that, but it's just an incredible, incredible voice. I had no idea about her story. Listening to the music, like I said at the beginning, has just made everything so easy in life. But, I mean, truth be told, we couldn't have gotten a better guest. Uh, so I was on the Jelly Roll tour all summer, and uh, one of the middle acts, the feature in comedy, as we call it, was uh, was Ashley McBride. And I had heard of her. I didn't know her music. And I fell in love with this artist. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I sat side stage, knew the words, because I would start listening to the songs uh, in my hotel room when I'm working out, whatever. And I mean, I just became one of her biggest fans and and to have her come on while she's on tour right now, go see her on tour. I mean this. She's a Grammy award winning singer songwriter. Um, she is, I mean, her albums, her brand new album, The Devil I Know is, is one of, uh, the, probably the best country record I've listened to in a long time. Um, if not ever, and I just love this girl's music, and she is a star, and the fact that she sat down and talked to us about Patsy Cline and her career, I mean, come on, man. We're doing pretty good here, right? Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500. Listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your pods. Leave us a five-star rating. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. And I, with that being said, here we go. Patsy Klein, 235 with the Ultimate Collection. Yay! <laughs> what an adventure this morning. And then finally I was like, okay, and the link. And it was like, you need to update your app. And I was like, no, I don't. I use Zoom all the time. And it was like, nope, you need to update it. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that we were the reason that now everything on your computer, Zoom-wise and Apple-wise, is now updated. So moving forward in the future, you're good to go. No more Yeah, we're this. good to go. And, but What's weird is I did the update, whatever the new update is, because I can't control it when it happens. And then yesterday, my phone kept saying it was unable to complete some other update. So I plugged it in when I went to the stage at Like You Do. Yeah. And then I got back and my phone was dark. Wouldn't come on. And then it stayed on the little Apple thing with like yeah. with, with one fingernail of white bar on it. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And now what? none of my apps my apps so what 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 level phone do you have what what does what does just we're giving we're giving the audience here a real inside scoop on the technology in ashley mcbride's life everybody just in case you were wondering yeah what, i mean what i'm wearing? not i'm not i'm not braggadocious but this is a 12. Ooh. <laughs> just saying <laughs> someone hasn't been to the i the 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 verizon store are you verizon i'm assuming yeah I'm not, I'm at mat and And the only reason I have a 12 is because the day that I fell off that horse and nearly died and busted my head all over God's creation, um, it crushed my phone. It broke my phone in half. So my band went to the Apple store and got me a new phone and, and transferred everything over. All right. Well, hold on. And I, and I apologize if I forget that you've told me this. Like, what, when did this, this is how we're starting. We're already recording. So <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. wait, wait, what happened? You, you fell okay. off. Of a horse, a fast moving one. Um, 
so we we were out we were in missoula okay and I, lo- I love it there and it happened to be dana you know who's glam and and assistant tm and, and best friend and everything yeah um it was her birthday so we flew her roommate in who's also from missoula um from nashville and we were going to go on a horse ride and we know this really amazing couple that has this awesome beef farm and they have great horses. They're all used for work. Mm-hmm. So they're all very well behaved. Um, and we rode all day. We rode on little teeny tiny trails with cliffs on either side. We rode across the bridge and literally inside a river and with dogs. And it, you could do You could sit on these horses and eat a lunch if you wanted to. Yeah. 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 And I had switched horses at some point because on the way back to the house, because the horse I was on was kind of stubborn uh-huh. and I was just tired of arguing with her. So I switched over at the ranch owner's recommendation, switched to this when she's younger um, <sighs> without as many opinions. We didn't shorten my stirrups. He's a tall guy. Yeah. We didn't shorten my stirrups. I was like, it's for like 15 minutes from the house. Uh, so then on the way back, um, a few of the people that were riding with us decided to race from the back of the line to the barn and when they ran past good old jenny jenny was like me too and bolted (laughs) and and it would have been fine she wasn't bucking or anything it would have been fine except i lost my stirrups there was there wasn't a way to stay on the horse um and i tried with all of my might and all of my knowledge i grew up on horses um to fix it i tried to catch one of the stirrups and then i leaned forward um while grabbing the hold of the saddle horn to grab farther down on her reins. Yeah. And I went over and landed on my head Ooh, and busted wow. it open and stopped breathing. Oh my God. So it busted my head open and I wasn't breathing and it was awful. But luckily two of the people with us, um, one of the ranch owners is a physician and, and another one of our friends was a nurse who had just come to join us for the morning. So they did CPR until the ambulance arrived and also the the ranch owner got on the i, I don't know which i guess he stayed on his horse i don't know which i don't know why i wouldn't remember but he got on a horse <laughs> and rode fucking cowboy style to go fetch an ambulance oh my god we're in the middle of the woods in missoula montana and he just there he went he went and got the ambulance Oh my God. You know, what's funny is I was like, Oh, this will be a funny story. And you're like, well, I, I stopped breathing and there was, it was so bad. <laughs> the, it, were, was um, it, was, it was awful. Um, but it was, uh, but that was like two, we just celebrated the second year away from that. And on the first year anniversary of it, I went back to the, cause we were in the same place. I went back yeah. to the exact ranch and talked to good old Jenny. Um, How's she doing? She good. She, she feel bad. She's good. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I just wanted to know that it's not her fault, you know, and and my therapist was like, hey, kiddo, guess what? Jenny doesn't speak fucking English. <laughs> yeah, Jenny don't give a fuck, dude. She hasn't thought about you a single time. <laughs> yeah, um, dude. No, yeah, she get was, this bitch she off my lovely. back. <laughs> that's, I know. That's, 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 that's the thing I've learned about, because, you know, me growing up in the Washington, D.C. area or living in Los Angeles or living in New York and the real first, you know, uh, you know, finding out what it's like to live in that world of like, like the country artists and, you know, South and, you know, South in, in the United States, which is like, you guys do crazy shit, like go horse riding and racing and live in places like, uh, like with like Kalakazoo and Kakakaluku and all those different names. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're like a Yankee, like me, it's like horse riding. What are you talking about? No. 
Like I'd never. I always do thought that. it was interesting <laughs> that we call it horse back riding. Why do we call it horse back riding? Where else would you sit on the horse? Why do on we the- need to specify? Isn't it kind of like? Isn't it also like you're on more of its backside? Right, like you're kind I mean, of like you're, just, you're on his back, and I, we do the same thing with eyeglasses. What do you mean? They're not really eyeglasses; they're like nose, face glasses. Well, what, are you, what are you gonna have? Were you gonna call them butt glasses? Like that's like why? Why is it so redundant? It's just horseback riding and eyeglasses. I've always been like, I wonder why we say that. <laughs> I've ridden a horse before, but the idea of me like racing one or like riding like that—that's something that I think I would love to do. Um, you know, but do you, you, did you feel comfortable? Like you just, you've grown up kind of in that world. Like, is that why you were like, yeah. Yeah. I grew up on a cattle farm and we had horses and mules and, and all of the things. Um, I mean, I don't want to ride a bull by any means, but I grew up riding horses. So I was completely comfortable with, if we're doing a three hour ride, a six hour ride, whatever, I'll be fine. My my legs will be sore, but I'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, so that was a freak accident and it pissed me off later when I was um, able to be a person again, um, because I don't snowboard. I don't jet ski. I don't yeah. skateboard. I don't do anything that could possibly injure me because I'm not the only person who can't go to work if I get hurt. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's you're a, bu- you're a business. People. Yeah. You are a yeah, business. There's 14 other people who don't get to go to work if I get hurt and I wasn't doing anything stupid. So I was really just like, what are the chances yeah. But that's what happened. How are the rest of your employees? Because I miss you guys so much. Um, you know, I'll be completely honest with you, Ash. Is uh, I, I turned down uh, sex last night so I can make sure I got enough sleep for this podcast because I was that excited. So that is amazing. Thank you that very much. I know. I, I there was a girl that I hang out with here in Minnesota when I come to town, and she's like, "The only night I can hang out is Friday night." And I'm like, "I got the shows, and then I just I got Ashley McBride in the morning." And she's like, "Who's Ashley?" She's like, "Do I have to kick her ass?" I'm like, "No, no, no. It's a podcast. You have nothing to worry about." My God, <laughs> it's a truth. I swear. I I this is this that is, is that is a level of commitment, and and we. We were late coming back across from Canada last night. So we had to get like, leave the bus at like 4.30 in the morning and you know how all of that goes. So getting up, I was like, oh, what time is it? Surely it's almost nine o'clock. And I was like, oh my God, it's 10.30. I jumped up. I'm in pajamas, like throwing everything together. And I was like, I've I've got Josh. And I texted Dana and I was like, oh my God, my hair is a mess. And she was like, you're going to be fine. My phone's updating. Come on, quick. I look, I'm so glad that you're doing this. And I'm, and I'm so like, I mean, Adam can tell you just like how excited we've been giddy about this. I, uh, for all the listeners of the podcast, you know, uh, you know that I was on the Jelly Roll tour. Ashley was one of the supporting acts on the Jelly Roll tour. And I, I had heard your name prior to it. Um, and then when we started working together, I think it was about like two weeks or so weeks into the tour. Immediately, I was just blown away by your music. Now, like this is coming from someone that, you know, 
as a as a quote unquote like music fan or slash country fan, mine was always very limited. And it's from what I've learned on this podcast. Um, you know, we've done like the the Merle Haggard retrospective. We've done Loretta Lynn. We did uh, Steve Earle, Guitar Town, and 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 we've done some really incredible artists. And that was the country that I that I really started digging on. And and then Good. immediately, and this is what's so cool is then immediately, you know, watching your set, I fell in love, and you know it because I would sit side stage and like first of all you know that you had half of the guys on tour like in our band in struggles band watching you and joe from jelly's band just you know we all had a pack we, we so we could all hear the fucking board sound and we would just be emotional watching you because not only are your songs incredible but lyrically i mean you're one of the i mean you're one of my favorite like singer songwriters and storytellers uh, you know, that, I mean, I'm going to say this, that I currently like right now. I mean, the new album is great. Um, tell me about, tell, before we even get into Patsy, like, tell me about the new record. Yeah. Tell me about the tour. Tell me everything that's going on in, in Ashley's world. It was, it was wonderful being with y'all on the jelly tour. And there's yeah. not a higher compliment in the touring world than to look side stage and see the other musicians and the yeah. other entertainers sure. um, looking on. So you know, we we were out in support of Jelly. We were out in support of Eric. We did fairs and festivals, and then now now that we're exhausted, it's time for our tour. And uh, I love I love touring in the fall because you just kind of feel like um, you're an endurance monster right now because you give everything you can every night, and now we get to give it all for the Devil I Know yeah. tour every night. And um, I'm so proud of this record. I'm so proud of us because we didn't. No one outside the doors of the studio was allowed to have any input whatsoever in making this record. We didn't ask or listen to anyone from a label of any kind. Good. If they had a suggestion, um, we didn't. And, and when it comes to management, they're all just rock stars. Anyway, they're all just like, yeah, cool, dude. I love that song. You know, like when I yeah. brought them on the last record, I was like, I think I'm going to cut styrofoam. And they were like, that sounds awesome. Like <laughs> they're just, <laughs> they, they're so trusting. Um, and we really just put our arms around each other. And, you know, if this was like a sports movie where everybody feels good at the end, right before the big game, we all just kind of looked at each other and grinned. Yeah, like you, this you is it. it. Yeah. You knew. Yeah. It. So um, I love this record. There are moments on it that are more tender than we've ever been. And I'm happy that that's the case. There are moments on it that are so straight up traditional country that it offends some of mainstream's uh, mainstream countries' uh, sensibilities. I love that too. Yeah. And there's stuff that's so rock and roll that people are like, I don't know if I would call this country. And I'm like, I don't know if I um, asked you to. Yeah. Yeah, dude. There's two kinds of music, music you want to listen to and music you don't. And I don't care what the other genre or subgenres are that we stick on there. What I know is out, out with y'all and being with Jelly's crowd, um, it showed me that the, this is the audience that I've been missing um, existing within our crowd because it's just, there's just something magical about it. And I can walk out and sing Shut Up, Sheila. And there's the GD is in that song and in, in you know, in yeah. normal mainstream country radio audiences, unless it's our audience. Um, you know, if you're out in support of another act, if you say GD on a country stage, 
you are the worst ever. Um, but with Jelly's crowd, I can go out there and say, if I want to throw the ashes off the goddamn roof, I'm going to. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Yes. So it was, it was great. I love this. I love everything about what's happening in our tour. We have, we've never had stage production before, so we've got that now. And I don't mean pyro and CO2. We can't afford oh. that still. Um, you're welcome to bring a lighter, <laughs> I was, though. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys have pyro? You have pyro oh, to Brenda put your bra on? <laughs> oh, my God. I do throw bras at people, though, in the show. Oh, my God. You do. I can't tell the, the audience is that there were so many different, every show, somebody's throwing bras on stage. And I think, yeah. I don't know, would you always just take whatever which was the biggest one and just hang that up on the, on the mic yep. stand? Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, whatever's the biggest or like most flashy we're like we'll just hang this up look at this tit sling on this mic stand everybody well you know what's funny i love that you said mm. something about wait go ahead you have more i was just gonna say the um the now it's part of my show every night and i started saying it during um the jelly tour because normally i would say i'm ashley mcbride these are my guys and we're gonna play a whole bunch of songs we made up now i say i'm ashley mcbride these are the men I make music with. And this is country music. And I love saying that on the jelly tour because it's struggle style. It's jelly style. It's mine. It's you like, like this is country music, a yeah. bunch of different kinds of people really enjoying the moment. And I've just, yeah, I've adopted that and put it in our show full time. I, I love that you, that you said what you said about, about your record. And that'll, that'll segue into Patsy too, because this is what I love about music and, and I sometimes hate about labels is, you know, the devil I know that song is not a country song by any means. It's just like yeah. if you can talk to Jelly, it's just like need a favor is guess it might have a uh, like a fiddle in it, but it's it's a rock song. It's 100 percent a rock song. And even this music by Patsy that we're about to start talking about. I don't think this is country at all. These are the standards of this is Americana standards that you've, you know, crazy might have a twang to it, but it's, there's nothing about it that says, you know, this is uh what is it? Oki from Muskogee or, or just anything that really has that big country feel. So I don't really even think that sometimes, you know, when you, like you said, when you're writing it, you're like, I don't think I'm trying to write a country song. You're just trying to write a song. And right. I just want to write a song. Yeah. And, Something that and, we like. Yeah. And, and I, and I mean this uh, completely. It's like, like I, I've, since I've become a fan of yours, since we became friends, I mean, I've gone through your whole catalog and it's like, I've never really thought you could be, you could fit you into the box of like, of just, this is a straight country artist. You're just an artist. And I think the same thing applies to someone like, like Patsy uh, or, you know, or jelly or any or even struggle like all the people that we worked with have like they're just artists and and the music just goes whichever way that they're kind of writing and it's like you know when you were putting together this record like who were you listening to or who what, what were the influences or what was coming into you uh as the music was coming out oh wow i can't even think of what we listened to because before we go in to make a record we go into this little concrete building in east nashville Mm -hmm. And it's it's purple, so we just call it the purple building. It's got a really primitive PA, and we sit in there with um, iPhone work tapes, and I play twenty or thirty songs, and we select which ones we want to start working on, and we try them several of them in in every flavor. Let's play this song 
as a, just a straight up country song. Now let's play it as though we're a drunk bar, drunk in a bowling alley bar. Now let's play it as though it's jazzier or whatever, just to see yeah. what they're supposed to be. Um, because can you imagine if we had played Blackout Betty as a straight up traditional country song? It would, <laughs> that because that's work. not what it is. So I just want to be in the britches I fit in. So, so that's, I can't remember what all we've been listening to, but I'm a, I'm a really big fan of Hayes Carl, Turnpike Troubadours. Um, these, these are records um, that I can trust because these musicians and these songwriters are not ever pretending to be something else. They're not putting lipstick on a pig. They're not calling a turd a tulip. They are saying, these are our songs. And if you love that, great. And if you don't, it's okay. I didn't need you to. Yeah. And I think that's the the stuff that you can keep in your ears safely. Um, like there's a Linda Ronstadt record that I listen to a lot. You can keep that in your ears safely because it's not secretly trying to spoon feed you the idea that such and such is country yeah. or this or that is country. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, it's, I think that's what's so easy to, to really like grasp. It's like what I loved about listening to your arc of different records is, is that like some have been like, Oh, this is a country song. Oh, okay. This, uh, this has that feel, but like you had mentioned like shut up Sheila. And like the way you said, like saying like, God damn in that, like that's, you know, that's going against everything in the country world, which is like, you know, using God's name in vain and, and even probably the, the, the message of the song too, because that was yeah. one, that was one that, Joe told me about uh, Joe's the keyboardist for jelly, but at one point he played with you as well. Right. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and Joe and me became friends and, and he was like, he was the one that said, yeah, really listen to that song. Um, and that's become like, I mean, that's, that's such a great song, Ashley. And even just like, I mean, before we even get into Patsy, I swear to everybody, we're going to talk about Patsy, but I'm just we having will. fun. I'm just having fun talking to Ash. Like shut up. Sheila is, is a song that if you've never heard it, I, I think that's one of a great ways for like maybe Bible in a 44 is another uh, yeah. song to really introduce you to, to, to an audience. But shut up, Sheila is a song about it, roughly. It's, do you want to explain it? It's it's a you're somebody. It's a, a funeral, and here, just please talk about it and just how yeah. did that come up? It's one of the rare songs that we've cut that I didn't write. In my uh, my longtime co-writer and one of my best friends, Nicolette Hayford, wrote that song. And when she first sang it to me in like 2015, I said, "I no one else is ever going to cut that song." I need that. Do not let anybody else cut that song. I've got to cut it because it is me. So in this situation, true story, her grandmother was in the process of uh, the last stage of life and going to meet the Lord. And her uncle's girlfriend was just chirping away about what people should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And then once granny had passed away, they took her ashes to a location and didn't know exactly which way to spread her ashes. And they tried different things. They tried throwing some, they, they put some on a Frisbee with some <laughs> tanning lotion and threw it into the ocean. Like and, 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 and you should really have a conversation with Nicolette Hayford sometime because this story is amazing. But yeah. what, what Nicolette did, I mean, they were drinking moonshine and like they put granny in a bottle of Coke and shot her out with Mentos and the, and, <laughs> <laughs> this Sheila person is like, we shouldn't be doing this. And this is not, it's not biblical and da da da. And finally the only one with the balls to say it. And it's me and my family, but in Nicolette's family, it's her. And she says, would you just shut up? 
So this song and that chorus, you know, it says, we don't sing Amazing Grace. We don't read from the Bible. We just go about letting go in our own way. And yeah. we drink and we get high and we laugh at the wrong time, but we don't cry and we don't pray. And I was raised in a very, very strict Church of Christ, very fundamental religion and very fundamental household. And that was me. And I was always the one getting the shit knocked out of me because I was always like, there's other, that's not how I handle things. Yeah. Um, and I think playing that song live, it's so wonderful to see people receive permission to say, I don't, I don't sing amazing grace at funerals. That's not what I do. And yeah. if that is what you do, cool. And if yeah. it's not also cool. And if there's somebody that needs to be told to sit down and shut the fuck up, tell her. Yeah. So how did you get into music then? Like, cause I want to bring it like, how did Patsy Cline come into your life where you're, cause he was a very religious household is, is something yeah. like Patsy Cline, you know, would, would your parents be okay with you listening to her? Absolutely. Because country music um, in, in really, how do I say that in really strict households, if you think about the fundamentals of country music, they would have thought, you know, it's about God and family and things like that. Yeah. And Patsy Klein would have fit into that category for them, even though when you listen to those songs, that is not the case. Yep. Um, country music was totally allowed at our house. Um, some rock and roll in the form of oldies was welcome at our house, things like that. But there were no instruments in the church. We were allowed to play instruments at home if we wanted to. Um, but but Patsy Klein is such a. I don't want to say she's part of the fabric of country music. I want to say she is one of the fabrics. Yeah. Um, there's not a world that any of us exist in where that's not the case. There's not a, her coming onto the scene and us discovering her. This is what country music is. She's a huge representative of it. And to me, I've texted you this before. Patsy Cline is the queen of country music. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More than and, what? Um, yeah, I was gonna say not I more than. I won't refute. I won't refute that Reba McIntyre is the queen of country music. She is. She sure. is in in the modern age. Um, but, but there's no Reba. Reba. Yeah, but there's no Reba without Loretta, and there's no Loretta. I think without Patsy, and and so on and so. Am I right about that? Like, yeah, and Loretta and Patsy and Tammy, all that that entire era, um, country music doesn't ever get to be what it is now without those three. Yeah. Um, what I mean, we did Loretta Lynn's album. Oh man, it was like right when I first started doing this podcast, and I and I fell in love with her and her story. You know, growing up like dirt poor, uh, and you know, and having that was it uh, whatever her boyfriend, husband's name. I had that really cool name. I can't think of it, but yeah, it's um, like it was like Moon Moon. 
Maybe? It was something like that. Yeah, it was like not like Chopper, but it was – look it up, Adam. By the way, that's Adam up there, the guy that looks like he's in a comic book store in New Jersey. What's um, up, Adam? What are you doing, Ashley? Sorry. My, there, there's there's that thick New my Jersey accent. Behind me, you know, and it doesn't bother me at all when I'm doing work that I could not – but when we're live and recording is when she has You're another question. So, You're killing yeah. it. But but that that was and I thought I thought Loretta Lynn had a tough life. And then we started prepping to do this podcast. And I, you know, one, I had no idea that Patsy died young, you know. Oh, God. Yes. Like, really. But I'm talking, you know, for people that don't know who Patsy Klein is, I'm going to try to give you guys a very, very quick a breakdown of her life. She she's born in 1932 in Winchester, Virginia. Uh, her mom's extremely young. Uh, she where could we go? She's abused uh, by her father, um, which later she can find in another friend. And that's it. You know, she wasn't going to talk about it, but somebody else brought it up in a biopic at age 13. She's hospitalized with a throat infection and uh, rheumatic. I don't know if I said that right. Rheumatic fever. Yeah. Um, uh, her heart. Even This is crazy. This is not to say like it's a she uh, she developed a horrible throat infection. Her heart even stopped beating. Uh, the doctor put her on an oxygen tank. Uh, they didn't think she would be living that long. She gets better from the throat infection. Uh, but from that, she has this booming voice, uh, posts all that. So I guess something good did come out of that. She starts singing. She starts performing at her local Baptist choir, uh, doing her mother and daughters, uh, her mother, uh, see, mother and daughter also perform duets at church social events. She taught herself how to play the piano. She gets interest, uh, really taking it into trying to be in the career. And that's where he picked it up, where at about 15, this is what I love. She writes a letter to the Grand Old Opry asking for an audition. Uh, several weeks later, she receives a return letter from the Opry asking for pictures and recordings. And at the same time, uh, Wally Fowler, a performer of gospel, uh, headlining a concert in her hometown, convinced her and convinced concert employees to let her backstage where she asked Fowler for the audition. Uh, following a successful audition, her family receives a call asking for her to audition again for the Opry. So she travels overnight with her mother and some family with limited finances, slept in a national park in the following morning. Her audition is well received. She's expected to hear from the Af Opry the same day. Uh, but later, uh, she never receives the news. She returns to Virginia and just constantly keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally gets uh, the song that really breaks her is Walking After Midnight uh, became her yes. first major hit. Yeah, what a, what a great. I mean, this is what was so great when we started doing this. Like, And I want to go back to talk about some of the stuff I just brought up. Um, but this music i think i messaged you is i've been listening to patsy for the last week and 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 being that we mentioned walking after midnight all of her music it, i mean it is perfect music to have on background in your house it's it adds so much depth to anything that you're doing whether you're cleaning or whether you're walking the dog on the street or anything it is the most easy listenable music probably out of any record i've done on this podcast um you know so was this the music that was just playing in your house when you were growing up yeah and when you hear walking after midnight or sweet dreams and 
the way her sweet the way her vibrato was the way her voice was is so it's inviting but it's also haunting yeah and it's like um the fact that she had such a rough go for her entire life is is of course it's part of that sound but you can hear that and even as a kid i didn't know what that was i just knew that it was attractive and, and addictive yeah and how did she get to sound that way? I want to sound that way. Even when she sings Back in Baby's Arms. I'm back in baby's arms. What a happy song. And also, you're listening to it going, man, something was hurting. Something was hurting in this in this person. Um, I, I do get to grow up listening to Patsy Cline. And where I lived in about the fourth grade, I think I started working there, but it wouldn't be until probably middle school maybe. Um, there's a dinner theater in in like the neighboring town mm-hmm. in so i'm in like mammoth spring arkansas this is in hardy arkansas this is a town of less than five thousand. small yeah there Very. is a dinner theater called the arkansas traveler dinner theater and i get a job singing patsy klein songs no way Yes, but I'm all, it's a dinner theater, so I'm also a server. So I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, so, oh my God, and the menu was amazing. There's like pot roast and butter beans and potato rolls. And I love that when we put other foods before a food, like potato yeah. roll, butter, bean, like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm bringing you, I'm like, would you like some more sweet tea? And then the track would start and I need to run up to the stage in a turquoise shirt with white fringe on the back, a cowboy hat set way too far back on my head because of lighting. You know, the folks need to be able to see your face and I can just run up there and go, sweet dream of you. And then after I'm done singing that song, I jump back down and I'm back to serving um, plates because I was the pre-show entertainment Sure you were. Um, <laughs> sure you and were. And <laughs> the the local duo that had written the play that was for that season was called Dreams of Hank and Patsy. Okay. And it was about two people that owned like a gas station or a diner or whatever. And the and the music was Hank's songs and, and Patsy's songs. Sure. So I get to grow up on it and I get to grow up performing it and, and wishing and that I knew her and picturing what it would be like to to be her. What a what a lucky thing for a girl who her only dream was to grow up and be a country singer. And I got to pretend to be one four nights a week at a dinner. Four theater. nights a week as you were schlepping uh, fried okra. And yes. <laughs> did you have, did that ever happen? You were like crazy. I'm crazy. Oh, you need some extra ranch. Okay. I'll give me a big revealing. So lonely. Sweet yeah. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> right. You're like, I'm, no, I'm singing right now. I'll be right there. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, what do you have any what's do you have like a do you have a uh an, any like the one story from that era of doing that the one that you'll like do you have anything that's just like where you drop something or just an embarrassing or just you just you it's fucking, really you're you know what's really embarrassing that we don't that we don't give enough credit to being embarrassing hanging a toe on something as you're just regular walking and plus i'm in middle school right so it's even more embarrassing I hung a toe getting onto the stage. I didn't fall all the way down, but talk about the fourth wall coming down. Sure. They're expecting this young woman to go and be Patsy Cline for three and a half minutes. And instead I was just clumsy old Ashley, just trying to stumble up the steps. I loved it. I'm so thankful for that place even existing. What are the chances in the whole universe that in a teeny, teeny town, there's a dinner theater? Yeah. 
You know, it, it's funny. I love that because who knows if you don't take that job, you don't, we're not having this conversation. The devil I know doesn't exist. You might not be, you, it's a totally all, you know, alternate universe. Same thing with me. Whereas like I, you know, one of the job I was like thrown into was being a bar mitzvah wedding DJ and how did, and I had no idea that that would influence so much in my life where the energy and all the shit that I did with jelly is just a combination of, of me, you know, playing music as a kid, being funny as a kid, and then being a bar mitzvah DJ. And then it all just kind of, you know, comes to a point and then that's what you are in your career. I, I love um, stories like that. And I love when, you know, it's, it sounds like a shit job, but in actuality, it's like you get to go out there and be a performer in this incredibly small, you're saying 5,000 people and they just so happen yeah. to have this dinner theater place. Um, it's, yeah. it's ex you're extremely lucky for that. I wanna, I wanted to mention before, because her talking about the Grand Old Opry and writing a yes. letter to that. For someone that doesn't live in that world, so I'm saying like, if you don't know the South, if you don't know country music, please explain to everybody what the Grand Old Opry is and how important that place is to everything in country. The Grand Old Opry is, uh, it is, it may be the longest running radio show. Um, it, we're celebrating 100 years. This okay. is coming up here. Um, there has been, there have been, there's, they have never missed a Saturday broadcast. They shut down the broadcast one time, and it was the night that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed. Um, and out of respect for, sure. for that moment, they they did um, stop broadcasting for the night. Um, even during the Great Separation and all of that, broadcasting still happened. There were 10 people in the entire building of the Grand Old Opry. And three of those were performers each night. Wow. Um, so we can, continued the broadcast and all that. So if you're completely unfamiliar, um, let's say what you love is you love movies and you love okay. acting mm -hmm. and and all through your childhood, you remember you, you've seen footage of the Hollywood sign. And that feeling that you got and what that represented, the Grand Old Opry is that for country music. Um, it is the Mount Everest or the Mount Rushmore, whatever it gives you the oh, my gosh, feeling. Yeah, it is the and it, it started out in the Ryman Auditorium. And that is the we call it the Mother Church. It is the birthplace of country music. Um, it is it's one of the things in. I started playing the Grand Old Opry June 16th of 2017, and I've been dreaming of it my entire life. This is when people are like, how did you know you made it? This is one of those I made it moments. Yeah. And I'm sitting here talking to you now as a member of the Grand Old Opera. Yeah, dude. And it's the biggest thing that can ever happen to you. It's bigger than getting a Grammy, being a member of the Grand Old which, Opera. Which and, you did as well, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, you yeah. know, so either way. And, and also, if you're, if you're unfamiliar, in the center of the stage at the Grand Old Opry, um, some of us refer to it as the Sovereign Circle of Oak. Because when the Grand Old Opry moved from the Ryman Auditorium, to the Nashville Opry House, they cut a big circle of the original stage from the mother church and they placed it in the stage so that that reverence and all of that can continue in this Opry House. There was this gigantic flood in 2010 in Nashville mm -hmm. um, and a bunch of us lost everything. We lost all of our instruments because of where we all store things and all yeah. that. Well, the water starts to rise and 
right there where the Opry House is, the 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 river, it's right on the river. The river rose 19 feet. So while the water is rising, members of the Grand Old Opry rushed into the Opry House and cut the sovereign circle of oak out of the stage and took it to higher ground. This is a this is an absolutely sacred thing, the Grand Old Opry. And when you're standing in the circle every night, first of all, I don't stand directly in it until I've dipped a toe in. I like to pay respect <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then step in. Um, and you can think about, if you just name it, they've been on the stage. If you want to go like Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, they've stood here. If you want to go Dolly Parton, she stood here. And for me, it has always been uh, Hank Sr., mm-hmm. Uh, who is the reason we can't drink at the Grand Old Opry, by the way, and um, and Patsy, knowing that my feet are standing not just in the same place, but on the same wood yeah. Yeah. that she stood on. Mm-hmm. It'll move you to tears damn near every time. I bet. And you know what I love about country music? And I feel like it's it, this music more than any, maybe, maybe hip hop for, for years was like this, but I don't, I feel like it's dropped off. Country music is the one music that where the, they really want, yeah. How do I explain this? It's like where the, the, the artists before you that, that did, you know, that did this. So, so in a sense, like, like the, the people that, you that, you know, that got you to do this, they're, they're almost honored in a way stronger like the lineage of country music is is just as important uh you know now as it's always been so it's like there's always honoring the people of the past and like like you said like the grand old opry and getting invited into that is is not only like hey am i making music in this time and it's great but it's like because i'm taking the torch from Hank or from Patsy, it's like, it, it's almost like it's you, it's almost like a, like there's a, there's a course, a college course. Like, is that something that like, as you start getting into music, it's almost like they, they give you a textbook and you're like, so this is how you got here. Uh, you it's, know, I think you know it's more I mean? that you, you kind of find out um, what a, what a dork you are, what a nerd you are when it comes to country music. I do it all the time where a song will come on or it will be listening in the, in our dressing room to somebody's playlist. And I'll be like, who wrote it? Who wrote it? 10 <laughs> points to who wrote it. And so, you know, and um, like, uh, where were we the other day? And John Deere green came on and they're like, Oh, I love Joe Diffie. And I was like, but who wrote it? And then, yeah. Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, Dennis Lindy, you know, I'm going to ask you every time a Dennis Lindy song comes on, who wrote it? Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's no textbook, but we're such, we love it so much. And we start out as fans of it. And then we, when we decide that I have to do this, it lives inside me to do this for a living. And if I don't do it, I'm going to die. Yeah. And then you go down every rabbit hole. Then you find out, you're like, who was that Dobro player on that Allison Krauss record? Oh, that's Jerry Douglas. What else has Jerry Douglas played on? And you go down that rabbit hole. Try that with Vince Gill sometime. Thousands of records. This guy, Vince is an amazing guitar player. Yeah. Um, or you'll pick a songwriter. Uh, one time, I I got a song stuck in my head and it was um, it was I guess it would have been on a rock station back then. It was Chevy Van and it was by a guy named Sammy Johns. And I got that song stuck in my head. And then I was like, I wonder who else has recorded this. Sammy Kershaw in country music has also recorded it. Eric Church. Yeah. You start doing that and you start gathering information. You have this little tiny country music hall of fame in your brain and whatever your thing is, if it's drummers or guitar players or bass players, you know, Oh, so-and-so played on, like, if you listen to um, our Lindyville Lindyville record, 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, God, I love that drummer. Yeah, it's Sheryl Crow's drummer. That's Fred. Great. Look up, look up everything he's been in. Wow. Yeah. It, so I think we're we're just big nerds about it, and it's a it's a big. It just comes natural to you in country music to pay homage and to honor those that made it possible for you to be doing it. Yeah. I, I, I definitely feel that in, in, in any genre out of all of them, I feel like country constantly is honoring what happened before and how we got yeah. there. Um, it really is. It's, it's for someone you just kind of new to this world. It's like this, it's this beautiful, beautiful thing. It's like, it really, it changed everything I thought about what country music was. You know, from an outside perspective, a guy that listened to rock music and grew up, you know, I'm born in 79 in the 80s and the 90s as you're, you know, you're kind of coming of age. The the country music that was made there, you know, not all of it I liked. You know, I heard some stuff. I was like, oh, this is catchy. But a lot of it, it was just it wasn't the era. But it's like going back when you listen to Patsy or you listen to Merle or like you said, Hank Williams Sr. I mean, it's some of the best music like if you you can't listen to this Patsy Cline career retrospective and 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 at all once get bored with it uh, feel like it's yep. tacky or unoriginal or it is some of the purest music and then finding out about the Grand Old Opry which you became a member uh and if i'm not mistaken yeah. did Garth Garth Brooks has something to do with this like can you take yeah, us, take us it, through that it's a big it's a big thing to be invited yeah. Um, you have there's certain criteria you have to meet. And when you are invited, typically your invitation looks like this. You are performing at the Opry like you normally would. And suddenly there's another Opry member on the stage and you would immediately know why. Because they're about to either stop your song or wait till the end of your song and say, you know, I'm standing on this stage right now. I am here to ask you a question. And that's not how mine happened. <laughs> how did yours happen? I was doing a morning TV show. I was on CBS and I was there to talk about um, the record. I was there to talk about Lindyville and I was there actually talk about the horse accident. And in the middle of all of this, a, a screen comes on and it's Garth's face. And they were like, like, Oh look, Garth Brooks is here. And I was like, that is really weird. Hi Garth. <laughs> um, and then my brain is moving a bajillion miles an hour. And I was like, I wonder if, he just like loves the Lindyville record and that he's just coming on TV to tell me that because it's a very Garth Brooks thing to do always classy and always bigger than someone else could do it. And then I was like, Ooh, I wonder if he wants me to come do shows with them. I wonder what this is going to be. And if I'll, if I'll just shut up for a minute and look at where he's sitting, yeah. he says, Ashley, I'm seated in the circle right now. You know what I'm about to ask you. Would you do us the honor of being oh, no the newest member of the Grand Old Opry and I'm on live television and I'm just trying to keep it together. And then to top that off, uh, Gail King says, and who's the lady in the blue top uh, in the studio? And I was like, none of my team is in a blue top. And I look over and it's my mother. They flew oh, no my way. mother in. Oh. They flew mom to New York um, to, to witness this invitation. And it was just the most moving thing ever. Oh my God. That, that's awesome. That is really then, awesome. So the person that invites you to be a member of the Opry, they ask the Opry members who, who would like to issue this invitation. Yeah. Um, so Garth was able to do that. And then he texted me later and said, by the way, um, I raised my hand to issue your invitation, but you get to choose who performs your induction. So I called Terry Clark 
And because uh, I've been a fan of hers for a long time and we're friends now and said, would you please do my induction on that night? Because they give a speech and everything. So it was just it's just huge. Oh, my God. That's I that story gives you chills. It's so perfect um, and well deserved. I, I mean this like Ashley, like you're <laughs> you're you, I, you know how much of a fan I am of your music. And I and I continue this day just to, to not just root, but it's like I can't wait to see where your music is going to go. Um, you know, very much like, you know, from a, from a friendship of just you being just a great person is just being like, I just, I am so, I'm so much of a fan of this shit that you're doing. Um, Thank that you. it's just that, that, I mean it, it's like, I, 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 I love your shit. And I, there's maybe what you say is that I was reading right now while you were talking about that is about people that helped. And you mentioned Garth Brooks inducted you. She had this producer, Owen Bradley, that really helped shift her sound. And from that, she started achieving success. Who would you say was one of the biggest influences in your career to get you, you know, to this place at the Grand Old Opry? I would say most importantly would be John Peets, who is the head of Q Prime South, because he was the person who gave me permission, very literally gave me permission um, to only make music that I want to make. Because I was a, a writer at a publishing house at the time, and you're told who to write for, what to say. It can't be this. It can't be that. It's got to yeah. be, be this. And John Peets sat in his chair across from me and said, you officially have permission to only write the songs you want to write and to only make the music that's inside you. And part of that permission was introducing me to Jay Joyce, who is our producer. And Jay okay. is a rock guy. Um, and so he's one of those people that if you were to say, oh, really, I don't really listen to country music, Jay would say, I don't either. Um, and he is a fantastic producer. He is willing to push you in directions that you kind of, go what but if you'll trust him just try it um and he's also willing to trust me when i say i, I think i want to do this and he's like i don't know it may flop but we're here we might as well do it um i think the writers that i've surrounded myself with over the years and i think having played in bars for over a decade and pounding pavement is is that that gets a lot of credit for yeah for being worthy of an invitation to the Opry. Yeah, it's hard. It's in regard, this is the thing. Stand up comedy is hard because, you I know, I can't even imagine, but, but here's the thing, you know, but, and, and, and this is the thing is that, you know, I always like talk to like actors and I'm like, they're like, I'm like, how can you just be an actor? Like, how do you get discovered? At least with stand up comedy, much like a musician, we are, we're pounding that pavement. I hate the word, the grind, but we're out every night doing spots and somebody could see you. That's of, you know, that's a little bit bigger than you and they can take you on the road. And I think that's the same kind of way it probably works in music. Like you said, you're out at that bar, you write a song, you're doing covers, but then you throw one of your originals in, or even they just see you do one of your covers and you blow them away and they're like, all right, I got a gig here. I want you for this. And and so there, there's ways to, to kind of, of grow. And so there's, they're very, very similar, but there is people where it's like, you do need that one person to kind of see you, not, a, you know, just kind of like almost, it's like a, a friend always said, as, as, as you go up in your career and you get more successful, you reach down and you pull people up. And oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Who, who did so? Was, would you say that would be like? Would that be who would be the person that kind of pulled you up? It would be Eric Church. It would also be Miranda Lambert. 
I was playing a festival on like the B stage or C stage or whatever in Chicago. And I looked over and Miranda was standing there watching my set. And I got to go say hi for just a minute. And, and I said, I'll be at your show tonight. And during her show, right before she performed the song, We Should Be Friends, she said, I'm going to send this song out to Lucy Silvis and Ashley McBride tonight. We should be friends. And then shortly after that, I get to be first of three, me, John Party, Miranda. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of tours later, um, it's when we did the fooled around and fell in love thing um, that I got to be on the on, on a whole tour with Miranda. And I got to learn a lot from her. Also included in that category would be Luke Combs. I have toured extensively with Luke Combs. Um, and we kind of popped on the radar at the same time and his star rose so quickly. And he, um, he was wonderful to be on the road with. And I would yeah. say, I think I learned, I think I've learned the most from, from Miranda. And it helps that we're the same age and, um, but she's been doing it on this level much longer than I have, but I have a lot, a lot of respect for her. In fact, I nearly called her the other day because I was having a bit of a meltdown. So <laughs> right on. Yeah. What's up everyone. This is Jay reason. I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen podcast is now part of the sound talent media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and all those people you just mentioned are all like not only just successful, but I mean, it's it's like they're all extremely talented artists. So what a good group to like have in your pocket as like people to call or or just, you know, like I'm I'm extremely lucky with some of the people that are my Yodas where like I if I get frustrated with something, I have I have Bill Burr. I have, you know, Jim Jeffries, these these guys that have you know been extremely successful that, that give you great advice. But also it wasn't easy for them either. So that's yeah. that's like the best thing. And, and, you know, to bring it back to Patsy, it's like it wasn't easy for her as well. And I'm, I'm looking at some of the tracks that, that we had on this retrospective. Uh, we, we yes. mentioned walking after midnight, which there's a song, the girl that wrote this, uh, it was not wrote. I'm sorry. She, it was given to her as K star, uh, who, uh, her label rejected it. And then it ended up going to Patsy Cline. And if anybody doesn't know who K star is, there's a song that I love. One of my favorite songs of all time. It's called wheel of fortune. And, uh, have you, do you know, have you heard the song before? I don't it's, it's, it's great. I was, it was, a so a lot of this music, 
um, I used to be a wedding and bar mitzvah DJ and I would do these different shows and some of them would be like a birthday for an 85 year old couple or a woman or whatever. And it would, and they would, the, the guys that ran the DJ company would make these CDs for me and put songs on it. And one of them was, it would be like good uh, background dinner music. And one of them was this song wheel of fortune. So it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, listen to it. I, I you'll definitely dig it, but that's who K star is. She had sang it and she gave, the song to Patsy Cline, which then Walking wow. After Midnight became her like biggest, one of huge. her biggest hit, huge song, uh, reaching number two on the Billboard country chart and number 12 on the pop chart. Uh, but also she didn't want to do this at first either. She wasn't very fond of it. When have you uh, been wrong and for something that was so right? Oh man, as far as like a song or thinking Just anything in your career, like when have you been against something, but in actuality, it worked out in your favor. Um, I would say this, this, the first single off the devil, I know record. Um, just recently my label was like loud on in the kitchen is the first single. And I was like, are you out of your mind? The devil I know is the single. And they were like, no, it's definitely loud on in the kitchen. And I was like, I don't know. No, I'm how, how is that right? Because yeah. it's finger picky and acoustic -y and how, how are we going to expect radio to play that? And they were like, we're telling you that this is the single. Um, and it was the fastest rising single we had had. Really? Today. I was completely wrong. I mean, incredible. I don't, song. I don't want to say that I was completely wrong, but I was initially wrong. Yeah, well, look, I get it. The Devil I Know, that's the one off the record that I hum and sing. I, I, I mean, it's such a fun song. Um, you know, your, your chorus, I love the way you write lyrics, you know, they, uh, like, you know, mom says this, dad says that doctor says that, I mean, that's like, it's just, it's such a perfectly worded, uh, like, you know, chorus. So I get it. Uh, it's a more fun song probably to play too, you know, with the band, yes. you know, and, but it's like those ballads, you know, look, you know, look at Patsy. I don't think she has one rocky, not one rock song. I mean, I fall to pieces is mm. you know it's it's one of some of the this is what i love about this the the three songs that i really wanted to talk about are, are three of the most iconic country songs or music this i fall to pieces walking after midnight and and crazy i mean yeah. it's these are these are iconic songs um let's talk about i fall to pieces um so this was a release as a single in 61. It topped the country charts, crossed over onto the pop charts, uh, became uh, Klein's biggest hit. She was in, this, this is a lot of stories of her initially not wanting to do it. She didn't want to do the song. She didn't want to record it. Uh, but her producer believed in the production. Uh, she didn't think it lacked, she thought it lacked enough uh, country instrumentation. Um, eventually. Okay. Eventually, Klein recorded the song upon the encouragement of a producer. It, it's since gone on to be uh, an incredible country standard. I mean, like I said earlier, do you feel that these songs are, are country music? I think when you look at crazy, yeah. if, you, if no one were to, to tell you that that was a country song, you're listening to a, a jazz-leaning yeah. tune. Um, because of the chord progressions and stuff. And I can see where she thought there wasn't enough country instrumentation, I guess, maybe at the time for, for what country instrumentation was supposed to look like at the time. But in my mind, that is the countryest 
I mean, I fall to pieces of the countryest song I know. Yeah. And I can't imagine that having any different instrumentation. I mean, they are definitely in my world, they're country songs, but for where they were in country music's time, they were very forward leaning. You know, um, those choices were forward leaning. I, I just, like I said, it's, if you didn't say that this was from a country artist, the last thing I would ever assume was this was considered country music, but that's not a bad you, thing. You I think consider that's it contemporary. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's just like American standards. I also think I fall to pieces is, uh, is one of the saddest songs and it made like, it could be the chord progression or, or whatever. In 2014, Rolling Stone named the song number 40 on its 40 saddest country songs of all time. What would you say yeah. is, what would you say is the saddest what do you what do you think is the saddest country song or any song ever oh wow well when i'm thinking of that song when she says it's the way she sings it too that makes it so sad but yeah you want me to act like we've never met um and and then shortly after that she says and i've tried and i've tried but i haven't yet like yeah. you can you that's definitely why that song is considered so sad because you can hear her trying in those moments for me the saddest country song that i play like when nobody's around and i just want to play a sad song is sunday morning coming down by chris christopherson Okay, and Johnny yeah. Cash recorded that. Um, yeah. Also, Sean Mullins recorded that later. Wow. Um, it, was, it was on the same album as Rockabye. Um, that one is really sad to me. And just because that chorus is, you know, on a Sunday morning sidewalk, wishing Lord that I was stoned. There's something in a body. No, something in a Sunday that makes the body feel alone. Now, that next section is there's nothing short of dying that's half as lonesome as the sound on a sleepy city sidewalk. Sunday morning coming down. Wow. Yuck, right? Yeah. You feel yeah. that hangover in your stomach. <laughs> um, and I love that song. I love how sad it makes me feel because in country music, sad songs make us happy. Oh my God. I, I, there's nothing I love more than putting on a song and getting emotionally invested in it. And then, you know, whether it's a, a weep or it's just a single teardrop, it's just the most, you know, it's just such a great emotional purge of negative energy um with music that nothing else like i'll put on a sad movie you know i can watch it you know once and cry and maybe a few months later a few years later i can watch it and get emotional but music every single time if i hear if i hear vincent by don mclean like i'm gonna weep without a doubt without a doubt um crazy let's talk about crazy before we start wrapping this up because we got to talk about yeah. how her life you know what what happened to her unfortunately crazy yes. is a song written by willie nelson uh i mean this is this is the song would you say yeah. this is if you're gonna tie anything to patsy klein this yeah. is the yeah so in his book someone Willie, who has never ever ever listened to a single country song in their entire life knows the song crazy i mean and it, and it really deserves everything that you know that, it, that it's ever got this is one of the uh it was listed as number 195 on the rolling stone magazine's 500 greatest songs of all time um willie nelson who wrote it could not find somebody that wanted to record it and once again klein did not like the song she asked her husband not to bring her any more of willie nelson's songs <laughs> saying that she did not want to record compositions that embrace vulnerability or loss of love 
um, an account published by Nelson in his 2015 autobiography said that while drinking with client's husband, Nelson played his demo of crazy on the bar's jukebox. Dick thought the song was good, that his wife should record it and offered to take Nelson to his home to play the demo for Klein because it was after midnight. Nelson decided to wait in the car as Dick played the song for Klein and she later invited him in. And then the rest is history. Uh, it, it, the song blew up on, on went to number two on billboard, hot country singles. Um, I mean, like we said, this is, you know, she's performed this at the, at, you know, was it say she performed at Carnegie hall, but no, it was, she's a, during a performance with the Grand Old Opry cast at Carnegie Hall, yeah, in 1992, Patsy's version of Crazy was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Is, you know, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, I, I don't, words can't even explain just how good this song is, how important this song is. Is this one of the most important songs in country music? By far one of the most important songs of, of country music's entire history. Yeah. Um, there isn't, there, there. Um, again, there's not a world where this isn't part of the brick and mortar of country. Just, I mean, just an incredibly beautiful song. This is, this is. You could see the people that it's that's influenced. You know, uh, aside from you, but almost and, and male or female. This that this you know, Patsy has influenced so many people. In, in we all music. want to we all want to try to make others feel the way Patsy Cline's voice made us feel. Yeah. Or the way the first time you heard crazy when you were trying to first figure that out on guitar. That's why we're all on stages is yeah. trying to capture that feeling again. Yeah. In um, 1973, Patsy becomes the first female performer to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. In the 80s, she's uh, posthumous successes continued in mass media. There was a movie about her, if anybody wants to see it, called Sweet Dreams, uh, starring Jessica Lange. There have been several several documentaries. Her greatest hits has gone on to sell over 10 million copies, and the Guinness Book of World Records included greatest hits for being the longest album on any record chart by any female artist. Um, and I mean, VH1 ranked her one of the 11th, one of the hundred greatest women of rock and roll. Um, when I messaged you about how excited I was to do this and I was like, oh man, like I'm really digging her music. And then you had mentioned like how, if she would have lived during just such a short career, two things happened to, to Patsy that, I mean, this is not an easy life for this woman, um, or any human being. In 1961, uh, you know, I Fall to Pieces comes out, but she's also, her and her brother involved in a horrible automobile accident. Uh, nearly died, yeah. Nearly died. You're like, you know, head on with another vehicle, threw her directly into the car windshield, extensive facial injuries, uh, broken wrist, dislocated hip, large cut across her forehead, uh, barely missing her eyes. Um, you know, this is... And she's she's basically I mean, this is a horrible horrible car accident. Um, recovers from that, you know, starts continuing to write music. Uh, then, where is the? You know, then she passed away in a in a plane crash. Yeah, plane crash. In a plane crash. Yeah. And um, we are. I'm really lucky right now because one of the fellows that drives, um, I think he drives the crew bus right now. Um, used to be the drummer for Kitty Wells. Okay. 
another uh, member of royalty of country music. And Patsy and Loretta were good friends with Kitty. And so um, you can, I can go sit in the jump seat anytime with him and, and hear stories. Oh, hang on. I don't know what this is. <laughs> She's like, she disappeared for a second. She's back. Sorry. That was weird. Um, I can go sit in the jump seat anytime and ask questions and hear things that he got to hear from Kitty Wells, you know? Yeah. And um, I was telling him, uh, uh, you know, Marty Stewart, if you're, if you're a listener and you don't know who Marty Stewart is, he's another member of country music royalty, but he himself owns more country music artifacts than the country music hall of fame. Um, he has lived a life that people understand when something needs to be preserved. If they, they either get it to the hall of fame or they get it to Marty Stewart. And um, two CMA fests ago. So I guess two summers ago, I get a call that Marty has brought some of his artifacts to our management office at Q prime. I get to go and I get to hold Hank Williams senior's very first instrument. Wow. It was a harmonica. I get to look at Roy Rogers boots, Johnny Cash's first ever black suit, the wow. all black suit, the man wow. in black with yeah, yeah, yeah. hand sewn rhinestones and all of this. And my manager says, I want you to see this display that we're doing for CMA Fest. And this was just for people to come in and view at their pleasure. They had set up a bunch of suitcases and a record player around this stained glass area that we have that looks, it's a little, a little churchy right there. Um, and there's the Patsy Klein record playing on in the corner and a pair of boots on top of the suitcase. And I walked in and teared up and I said, those are hers. These are the boots recovered from the accident. Wow. And I was telling this bus driver about it. Um, I said, I got to hold Patsy's boots. And I just sat there and cried and cried and cried because, you know, we're, we're not worthy. You know, yeah. I was just like, oh, and he said she was such a lovely person. And Kitty had so many nice things to say about her. And she had some some secrets that she confided in her as well. And yeah. Um, and those secrets went, went down with her. Yeah. And you know what, uh, Ashley, I, I think, you know, listening to her music and being like, wow, this is haunting. It's, you know, her voice. And it's like, there's so much emotion and so much depth. And then finding out the story, you're like, oh yeah. Like she went through it and she's yeah. doing this way before like, you know, women's rights are, are what they are today. And like, and growing up also in the South, which you, like you said earlier, it's like, it's a different lifestyle. Like parents are harder on, on the women. And it's just everything that she had to go through. And then of course, what happened in her family, which is extremely tragic. It, it all makes sense to, to then hear these, those, and not just the three songs that we mentioned, but there, there is way more to, that voice than just, you know, a girl with a good singing voice. Like you feel mm -hmm. it, you understand it. And once again, uh, from doing this podcast, it's like you're finding another artist that I know Patsy Klein is going to be in just my musical world. Like this is going to be an artist that I put on, whether I want to be sad, if I want to be happy, it's just like, you can just let this play and it will set a perfect vibe. Uh, and I mean, once again, like I said, I'm just so glad from doing this podcast to find out about Patsy. Cause I don't know if I would have listened to her, uh, on a whim yeah. or, or whatever. And it's just like, dude, it's, 
she rules. If you if you haven't listened to this greatest hits, everybody, go and give it a listen. And uh, before we get Ashley out here, let me just say, go listen to the Devil I Know. I mean, I'm so happy that I got to be on that tour with you to to watch you perform, to meet your band. You know, uh, everybody, everybody that you've assembled in that lineup is such a good person, such good energy. Um, Thank you. I, I, you know, I'm going to, you guys are going to be in New York on Friday. I'm, I'm leaving for Vancouver on Thursday, but uh, Wednesday I'm doing a show at the comedy cellar and I know you guys get in. So if you guys want to come Wednesday night, because I got to take off early Thursday morning, but I'll talk to Victor and we'll work it out and I'll text you about it. But okay, great. I'm so bummed that I can't see you guys at Webster Hall. If you're in New York, because this comes out on Wednesday, go see Ashley at Webster Hall. Go see Ashley on the tour. When does it end? How much more? How many more dates do you have? You've had like you got at least. We'll we'll be off the road December 17th, but then we start right back. We we have to be in Europe for most of January, but then we're yeah. right back back in the states. Yeah, go see. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure something out so I can catch you guys. I'm so, I'm so bummed about New York. Um, all right, let me ask you these questions. I ask these to everybody. Oh, I threw one in that's a little different. Um, okay. But I'm very curious to get your answers. Uh, first song is, what's your favorite Patsy Cline song? Um, if you've got leaving on your mind. That's yeah. one of those, when, when you go listen to it for the first time, that one makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. That It's just that, if you got leaving on your mind. Yeah. It's just, ooh, and that next... Heard me now, get it over. Oh, just the fact that she was bracing for impact on that heartache. It yeah. makes it makes my shoulders feel a certain way. I love how you just said that. Is there anything off of this greatest hits that you skip over? Or is it just a straight from top to bottom? Is there anything that there aren't I can't name a Patsy Klein song that I don't love. There may yeah. be some that I'm less familiar with, but there sure. aren't any that that I go, oh, I just don't feel this one. Yeah, this was this. There's nothing on this that I skipped over. This is a, like I said, this is a very, very easily digestible record, whether you like country or not. Um, all right. Uh, I ask everybody this. Can you fuck to this record? You might get distracted um, listening. <laughs> you might. I, or, or maybe that, that might just be my my ADHD that it's like tries to fixate <laughs> on the song. Um, you know, I haven't tried and I will fix that as soon as I get home. There you go. There you go. I feel like you can. I think this is it's I think, haunt- I think you can. It's very sexy. It's it's sad. It's emotional. It's it. This is like this is like uh, country music. Portishead. Does that make sense? OK, that was I, it's a weird analogy, but I'm going to I think it's apt. Um, all right. And this one, this is a new question. And I want to ask you, it's a two parter. One is Patsy Klein on the Mount Rushmore of country artists and, uh, who would be your five? Who is your Mount Rushmore? Patsy Klein is definitely on Mount Rushmore. Okay. And if, if it's men and women, men and women. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to have Patsy Klein. I'm also going to have to have, I mean, you could, you could make a Mount Rushmore off of Patsy, Tammy, Loretta and Dolly if you, if you wanted to. Um, So I'll take Patsy and I'll definitely take Dolly when it comes to male vocals. I'd like to have Don Williams on there. Um, And just because he's my favorite songwriter in country music, uh, he's not everybody's favorite vocalist, but Chris Christopherson deserves to be preserved, preserved in stone for everyone because he is a monument. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 
that's what I was saying is like, that was when, when we started doing the tour together and jelly, who is, uh, you know, jelly is such a huge fan of your music and you as a person, but he, uh, he was the one that threw that up. He's like, dude, she's like, you're, you're, you're the female Chris Christopherson and your lyrics and everything. Wow, it's like, you really, you. you really do, man. You tell an incredible story in your music and it's not many artists are doing that. Um, so thank you. And final question, what would be your elevator pitch to get someone to listen to the music of Patsy Klein? Like, how could you, what would you say to get them to listen to it? Mm. Wow. Uh, let's see. So I have to convince someone to listen to Patsy Klein. Just elevator pitch. Whoever you want to, like, if you were trying to sell it, you're just trying to sell Patsy Klein to somebody. Mm. So do you listen to country music? I do. Great. Well, you're going to love this. Uh, oh, you don't <laughs> listen to country music? You're about to. Yeah. Um, let's say Patsy Klein. So we're going to do crazy. And if you've got leaving on your mind, and uh you know what we're gonna go walking after midnight yeah. if you listen to these three songs and you don't like them you're dead inside i'll give you i'll give you a dollar <laughs> yeah dollar i can't <laughs> i couldn't like you know but you're right you're right if, if you can't listen to to, the, to just the three songs that we talked about or anything off this and not dig it that I just don't think you like music. This was this is a this is a perfect artist, a perfect record. Once again, somebody taken way too soon. I would have loved to have seen the music she would have evolved into making. Um, but you can hear the influence, not just in in uh, in country artists, but in some of the 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 singers, you know, in in every genre. Uh, I Mary J. Blige. I'll I'll put Mary J. Blige. She's influenced Mary J. I, I believe that something like crazy. You can't get past. Uh, her voice and and how important she was. Um, Ashley, thank She's you so much. as much of an influence for vocalist as Aretha is to all of us. 100%. 100%. Uh, Ashley, I can't thank you enough for coming on, taking time off. I know you're on tour and, you know. I love it. And I'm so happy that we get to be friends. And I'm such a huge fan of stand-up comedy. And Quinn is as well. And after meeting with you and getting to tour with you, we have re- um, we have re, how do I say that? We've started again. We've reignited our desire to sit in the front lounge together and watch comedy specials. And oh, I love that. So much joy to our I love tour. that. I love that. I can't listen. I, I'm excited to see what you guys do. And hopefully we get to link up on, on Wednesday. Uh, is there anything besides the new record you want to promote the tour, the new record? Just tell everybody, just, just, just promote your credits one more last time. Just so I can make sure everybody hears. Yeah. Everybody. Check out The Devil I Know. We are so proud of this record. And the people, when you come to see us live, the people that you are looking at on the stage are the people that you were listening to on the record. Yeah. Um, and when you look at our stage set, the people that, um, that designed, that made the sound on the record that you are watching play live, we also designed the set together. It's just a completely collaborative thing. And we are so excited to have you with us. So come do that. Come to the shows, guys. I can't stress enough. It is it's such a great show. Your music is incredible, Ashley. The band, I love the energy. And it's the only band where she has a screaming drummer. Uh, yeah. Quinn, Quinn, it's just, I, I don't even want to, it's just every, he's enjoying himself so much that in certain moments, he just screams as loud as he can in an arena or in an amphitheater, even with amps and guitars, you could still hear that scream. And it That's just right. like, yes. it fills my heart with so much love. 
And he plays drums the entire show like he's digging a ditch and yeah. someone's going to kill him if he doesn't. <laughs> and that's that's kind of how we all approach playing the show. So just if you want to experience joy and if you don't listen to country music, totally fine. Still yeah. come to our show. Come. I mean it. And listen to the new record and listen to her old records. Uh, Ashley, thank you so much for taking time out to come on, darling. I love you. you. Thank you so much. I love you too, buddy. I'll see you soon. The one and only Ashley McBride. Follow her on all social media at Ashley McBride. Go to her website, ashleymcbride.com for all tour dates and go see her on tour because she is out right now and listen to her new record, The Devil I Know. It is incredible. And for new music, because Ashley influenced and we have a, I mean, a Grammy award winning. I I think this might be, was it the first? Check that math. Uh, We're going to play one of her songs. This is the title track off her 2023 record, The Devil I Know. It's one of my favorites on the record. Dig into it. uh, Show your support. Follow Ashley. Go see her on tour. And if you want your music played at the end of this podcast, send us your song to 500podcasts at gmail.com. Okay? Do it. We'll have some fun. Next week, it is Simon and Garfunkel week with their 1968 record, Bookends. Give it a listen. Learning how to love and learning how to fight and learning how to like my brand of hurt. Hell, there's hell everywhere I go. I'm just sticking with the devil I know. I'm still-
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, We've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Next Chapter Podcasts.